This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with Scott Eklund. And Sunday, picture day, wraps up a long week of camp for the Washington Huskies. Seven straight days of camp covering it. It's been amazing. It's also been long, and and looking forward to Monday's day off. Let's put it that way. But, Scott, just uh, initial impressions, what did you see uh, Sunday out of uh, the picture day practice? Well, I was actually impressed by the turnout of the fans. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't expect... Three, roughly three to four thousand. That's what you kind of thought it was. I thought it was two to three, but whatever it was, I thought it was a pretty good turnout. Um, and uh, they were doing giveaways and all that stuff. I think it was uh, more fan friendly than I've seen it uh, in previous years. On to the football, the actual football on the field. Uh, thought you know it was kind of more of the same that we've seen. Um, just continued progress. I saw some players continue to progress. I still think Justice Warren is having a really, really good camp from the linebacker spot. Um, I really like the uh, day that the receivers had. I made mention of that in my um, wrap-up of the day, that I thought the receivers had a pretty good day today. A couple bad snaps um, by by the centers who've been having, you know, it's kind of more the same of what we've seen, just maybe at a, you know, now it was in front of a bunch of other people, so maybe they were a little bit more amped up than normal. I would say, too, obviously, for people that don't know, this was the first practice for Washington in full pads. Uh-huh. So this is the first time we've gotten to see him. First time you did was the first time we did. Mm-hmm. So I would say the one thing that stood out for me was just the number of plays the true freshmen made, mm-hmm. um, whether it was Elijah Molden with a great pick going up to snag a ball, whether it was Jay Kaner with two, two great touchdowns to Ty Jones and Terrell Bynum during the last uh, team period, full mm-hmm. team period. I, I thought, you know, the true freshmen, I thought some of those guys out there really stood out and really – um, I think they're going to give their position coaches some 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 thoughts about yeah. whether or not burning their red shirt, not burning their red shirt. We'll see what happens on that. I don't think Jake Hayner's going to give anybody concerns, and that's nothing against Jake, Jake Hayner. It's just Jake Browning's a starter at the University of Washington, but yeah. um, that they had that that kind of three freshmen involved in that one play with Hayner to Ty Jones, who makes that basket catch. And, and Keith Taylor was the one in coverage. And he, Keith Taylor had actually pretty good coverage on him. It was just Jake Hayner threw that short ball that's become so in vogue for quarterbacks to throw when they get down in that, you know, 15 to, you know, 10 to 15 yard range. Um, you know, and uh, I, I thought Savon Ahmed, Savon Ahmed looked really, really good um, today. We're working hard on the Ahmeds, yeah. not the yeah, Ahmeds. We're, we're working on it. Um, you know, um, one thing I wanted to ask though, Scott, is. Because this is the first time they got in full pads, they still didn't go full speed. There was no real live contact, but they did go thud tempo for the first time that we've seen. Could you could you see some of the physicality there? Did it look more physical? I really didn't see a huge like bump up like these guys went, okay, first full pads, usually they go nuts. I didn't really necessarily see yeah. that today. I I saw it a little bit more along the offensive and defensive line, partly because when they're doing full pad work in one-on-one drills, then it's uh, it's actually kind of interesting to watch it because that's real football for those guys. It isn't, you know, it's it's where they're they're standing up and they're doing double teams and then, you know, the guy's shooting the gap and different things like that. So maybe along the offensive and defensive lines, but for the most part, wide receivers, DBs, it's the same as usual. I mean, I didn't see any difference, like you said. Right. We also saw a little bit of special teams, got a chance to finally see some kickoff return work. Uh, Chico McClatcher broke the first one, which obviously got a lot of cheers from the fans. But you get to see a little bit of Byron Murphy back there. You get to see a little bit of Savon Ahmed out there. Get to see a little bit of guys like Jamon Dotson, Sean McGrew, Miles Gaskin, Andre Bocelli. I mean, 
that's got to be. I don't know. For me, does that look like the kind of group that would that would excite you a little bit? It, it would for me. Yes, all those guys were very good punt and kick returners when they were in uh, high school. Um, I still, I my personal opinion is I still think Chico McClatcher's the heir apparent to John Ross as the kick returner. Looks like punt returner. It's it's still Dante Pettis's job to lose, but you know what? Byron Murphy is a dynamic player. And as good as I think Chico McClatcher is as a returner, I think Byron Murphy as a punt returner could be very, very special. So I think this year you'll see Dante Pettis back there, but next year you'll see. I think Byron Murphy is the guy who's going to end up being back there. Just well, my it, opinion. And it is interesting too, Scott, because if you look at the punt return unit and you look at the kickoff return unit, there's only two guys that have crossed over into both, and that's Chico McClatcher and Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. They were the, the two guys that did both. Now, Byron had a bit of a bobble on one of the kicks today, on one of the punts. brutal punt to yeah. try and feel. Man, I'm telling you people, Joel Whitford, he is a weapon. And uh, he's going to – his punts are going to be – imagine a, that in a wind or rain. Oh, I mean, it was like a knuckleball coming at him. And uh, he's, he bobbled it, and it uh, was it recovered by the – No, no, no. He picked it up and was oh, able to go a little okay, bit. Yeah. The, the one thing I would say about Woodford, just adding my two cents into the thing, is, you know, when Vizcaino last year did the, the rugby style, it was fine. Mm-hmm. He, I think he did a really, really good job with the mandate he was given in terms of trying to, to execute those mm-hmm. punts. What Joel Whitford brings is that he brings a whole different style in terms of he can go to all fields now. He can go down the field, but he can go cross field as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things that, like Mitch Wisnowski at Utah, mm-hmm. he was able to do some of these other other uh, the, proficient the rugby styles. State, I don't remember what his name was, but there's yeah. Ohio State. But one. there's you know there's a number of guys that have been able to bring that element to it, so they can kick to all fields. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really interesting as well. Um, but. You know, any kind of final thoughts now that we've seen them in full pads, gotten a chance to, to really get to see them in, in action. Like I said, Sunday's practice was about as much action as we've seen all mm-hmm. week. So what the fans saw on Sunday was pretty much what we got a chance to see, too. Um, I guess my final thoughts would be, I mean, that I've, I, and we've been saying it all week. Kim actually brought it up, and I thought it was a great salient point, was this is the most talented team he's seen on the field, and he's been doing this for 20 years now. I, I would say in the 12 years I've been doing this, I, it's how I feel. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is from from top to bottom. I mean, there's been more talented guys maybe on the field at different times, but top to bottom, man, this team, th- there's guys on the third team who might be starting at half of the Pac-12 teams out there. That's how deep Washington is right now. And it's really impressive to watch this team kind of do their thing and get out there and run around and watch these guys who are freshmen, who are big-time guys. What did they sign? Eight or nine four-star guys last year? Yeah. And I, At least. Th- some of them are going to play. But I don't think you could defend it. None of us think that Hunter Bryant could play. Or will, will, most of us think that Hunter Bryant will end up on the field at some point this year. Okay? A lot of people feel that way. He, he isn't needed to play the, this year. That's the difference. That's kind of, wonder, that's kind yeah. of why I'm yeah. a little bit, you're, more, you're on a little the, hesitant, a little bit more on the fence, but, but it's, not, it's not due to a talent I, problem, I don't, that's I don't, for sure. I don't think there's one guy that you could say they absolutely need him. There's no chance he redshirts. Yeah. Okay? I, I don't think you can say that. I think there will be a handful, two, three, maybe four guys uh, who end up burning their redshirt. But for the most part, there is not a freshman that showed up on this team that is absolutely needed to play. When when uh, Peterson walked in here, he had uh, 
Trey Adams had to step in right away and play. Um, when uh, Sark got here, there were a bunch of freshmen who had to play. Um, yeah. Kevin King, Kevin Sidney King, Jones, yeah, all these guys. Baker, yeah, all, all these guys. guys had. Yeah, because the the secondary was depleted when 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 uh, Peterson got here. So you know they needed those guys. You don't need those guys anymore. The fact that you could redshirt a guy like Byron Murphy last year, I mean, that just yeah. tells you the level Washington has brought themselves up to be as far as a talent level at this program. And that's really what stands out to me is how big, how physical, and how talented and fast this team is. Yeah, it might be an overreaction for me just because I feel like I learned my lesson with thinking yeah. Byron Murphy was going to yeah. play last year. Yeah. And if Miles Br- or if Hunter Bryant had been a part of last year's team, I probably mm-hmm. would have said the exact same mm-hmm. thing about Hunter Bryant too. But you're right. There's no – would a redshirt year – help a guy like Hunter Bryant? Undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, and it has nothing to do with the physical aspect. Physically, Mm -hmm. he's ready to play. It's all about immersing yourself in the system, learning the playbook up and down, making sure that he's completely comfortable in his environment, both on and off the field. He's not playing fast right now. He's not playing fast. And it's because he's thinking a lot right now. And and, and bottom line is you you can see it even in little ways when you look at the freshmen that did come in early, like a Jacob Kaiser, for instance, mm-hmm. like a Ty Jones who caught a touchdown from Jake Hander today. Mm-hmm. And, and even Chris Peterson has been super complimentary, and Jake Browning has been super complimentary of Jake Hander just because of how, it, how well he's been able to absorb and understand what's being thrown at him. Because, you know, it's hard to really uh, underestimate mm-hmm. just or, or, or overestimate just how yeah. tough it is as a true freshman to learn this kind of a system as a quarterback. So All new verbiage. All new teammates, yeah. all new environment, all new coaches, and it's all. And they're not going to baby you. Yeah. They they don't need you. So it's up to you to do it, you know. And uh, so yeah, I've been impressed with, you know, Jake Hanner's thrown all the picks. You know, we've talked about it during the week and things like that. That's, that's what happens with a freshman. Yeah. They're not used to the game. They're not used to the speed. They're not used to guys being able to make some of the plays they make. But the fact that he he you you watch him, he gets guys lined up correctly. He knows where guys are supposed to go. Now the quarterback is supposed to know that. But a freshman, that's not as easy to do. Yeah. Or you know, at the bottom line is even if he doesn't, he may not get it right the first time mm-hmm. or the second time. Yeah, he might by the third or fourth time if he's really absorbing things quickly, mm-hmm. he might be able to figure it out. And then their job is to throw wrinkles at him mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. to see how quickly he can adjust and how much he's absorbed. Mm-hmm. So there's a big part of it too. My, my main takeaway, uh, Scott, from today was just how much today was kind of a microcosm of the entire week. And when I say that, typically with a top program who's really rolling, who's doing well right now, and I think we'll, everyone kind of will agree that Washington's in a good place right now, you see a lot of give and take. Like the offense started out really quickly at the beginning of the week. Defense came back in a big way. They had the one practice where they had, they had like the five turnovers mm-hmm. or what have you. And then the offense came back again. Defense. So there's a lot of give and take. A, the competitive aspect and the pride factors into it. These guys want to do well. They're, they're playing for spots. Mm-hmm. So I thought today was really um, a, a great con, you know, kind of a microcosm of that because you saw situations where you had the back-to-back Turnovers with Connor O'Brien getting the fumble recovery and then Elijah Molden getting the pick on the very next play. Yet, touchdowns from the offense. Jay Kaner with two touchdowns. K.J. Carter-Samuels with a great touchdown to Chico McClatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had another one to Andre Bocelli. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so, so there was a real give and take today. I thought it was really good that you know, both sides could kind of take some punches 
and they were able to come back and they were able to, to regroup and deliver. And I think that's the hallmark of a good program that's, that's trending up mm-hmm. is the fact that, yeah, they're, they're going to take some spots. You know, other teams are good. They're going to mm-hmm. take some hits. But they're coming back. They're making plays, and they're making things happen, and that's what I saw today. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I think that's a great observation, and, and one that I think Husky fans should hang their hats on is the fact that this team has gotten itself to a point where the expectation is, you know, you know, we always say, oh, the defense is, is farther further ahead than the offense and things like that. The, this team is not like that. They're give and take. You know, the offensive line, the fact that Washington is so deep on the offensive line that they can miss a guy like Nick Harris, who was out today, who, you know, Jesse Sosby steps in for him. Um, and then and then you've got uh, your your uh, second offensive line. It has Devin Burleson um, at right guard, and you have Henry Roberts at left tackle and, and Luke Wattenberg. Those are four-star guys. You know, Devin Burleson was a three-star, but those are two four-star guys backing up a possible All-American and a very experienced uh, season starter in Andrew Kirkland at left tackle. Washington's offensive line is so deep. Washington should be able to get things done on the ground. I mean, we, we watched it. How many times did they run the ball in that first team session? I mean, it was just run, run, yeah. run. And it was run to the left. And they they were getting seven, eight-yard chunks. It, you know, someone made the comment it looked like the uh, – conference championship game last year where you could right. basically count on five, six, seven yards every time they ran the ball. So, um, you know, I think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're going to stop the run relatively well because they've gotten this practice against it. They've got a very good defensive line one more year of that. Then we don't know what it's going to be like. But this year they should be very good up front on the defensive line too. And they're doing some stuff with some guys. They're moving guys around, putting guys in different spots. Benning Potoai is putting his fan on the ground. Justice Warren is putting his hand on the ground. Then they're moving out to Sam. Then they're moving to Buck. There's guys moving all over the place. It's it's fun to watch the mix and match and where they they I think the coaches feel they've gotten to their program to the point where now I can kind of throw guys in at different spots and see where they where they sure. succeed and if they don't succeed there okay we know you don't succeed there how about this spot over here yeah. I like it yeah and the other part of that too is that talking to Scott Huff for instance when mm-hmm. you talk about those guys moving around he just wants to get as much film on these guys as mm-hmm. possible at different spots this is the time to do it so I think a lot of the position and, coaches are doing that right now and he says he's at least a week away before really starting to nail down who he likes as a starting five. And I think if Chris Strouser was here, he'd already know who his starting five was. Well, I think between you and me, I think Scott Huff knows who his starting five is too. I think he does too, but Scott Huff is still – he's only at 22 practices with these guys now. Right. He's still getting used to them. He's still wanting to – I mean, part of it is they, they haven't thrown that many blitzes at them. Yeah. At this point, at least from what we've seen, they haven't thrown a ton of blitzes at them. So what's, what's this team going to be like? What's the communication level going to be like? All this different stuff. He doesn't know what these guys communicate like, how they communicate. This is the first time Andrew Kirkland has really played next to Trey Adams because yeah. it was a Jake Eldon camp before, and any time uh, Andrew Kirkland stepped in, it was to step in for Trey Adams. So, um, you know, I, I, just a lot of mixing and matching. But, God, I just I can't. I, I'm I'm a broken record today. This team is so talented. It people need to be excited about it and deep. And it's talented and deep, and I, and I think people need to be excited about it. And I think they are, but um, I I just don't think people realize how lucky they are to have this team where it is right now. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Pac-12, but boy, the expectations have to be that. 
sure. that they're going to win at the very minimum the north. the north, you know, and then the, then it's probably USC that they're facing. So, yeah. and that's their me- nemesis. You know, it's a team they have the worst record against in the conference. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, and that will be a heck of a December first weekend of December. You know that that game if if that happens. So we'll see. Yeah. Getting a little ahead of ourselves. No, we're good stuff. What no. fifteen weeks until that happens? Yeah, no, so. good stuff, Scott. No, we'll end it there. Just to give people a heads up, you know, we'll obviously have the rest of the picture day coverage. Got a ton of stuff. Kim Grunold mm-hmm. will have photo galleries. He's taking pictures out there right now. Um, Scott, you'll have your wrap. We'll have the dog band radio up and ASAP the, and the standouts. And we'll have the yeah. standouts as well because there were standouts. Like yesterday, Saturday, yeah. there was no standouts because yeah. there was nothing happening. Literally nothing happening. Yeah. But. Um, and then I'll, I'll put together an all-in-one for this weekend. And then after that, we'll go ahead next week. We'll have Monday off, Tuesday practice, Wednesday off, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the last three days a fall camp before the mock week starts. So a lot of stuff going on, obviously a lot to look forward to. And uh, we'll wrap it up here, though. For Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters of DogMan.com. Go dogs.